Thanks for listening to the Cascade Vineyard Church Podcast. To learn more about our community or the vineyard movement as a whole, feel free to visit our website, cascadevineyard.org. There you'll also find additional teachings, information on our various ministries, and other resources for further developing your faith. We'd love to have you join us for worship. Enjoy this message. see a couple faces that are new to me, so I want to introduce myself. I'm Donna Schroeder, Glenn's wife. He's the pastor here. We've been married for 40 years, and every now and then, I will speak. And I even volunteered for this, so I don't usually do. It's usually like, will you? And I'm like, give me like three months to prepare. Maybe I will. And so Glenn is sick, so I'm here today, and uh, let's pray. Lord, we just thank you so much for this time that we could be together. And we just ask, God, that your presence would be here and that you would just give us ears to hear, open up our hearts just to, to take away something new today and fresh. Amen. So Glenn and Craig have been teaching us. Um, I'm going to wear my glasses and I write out my notes because I'll be reading a lot, but... <laughs> All right, Glenn and Craig have been teaching us through a series called Rhythms of Grace. And these rhythms, some call spiritual disciplines, um, they're really just meant to bless us. Um, but they're important because um, God uses them to help us maintain a good spiritual health, growth, and for our well-being. Uh, it includes different things like like worship and study and fellowship and a celebration, giving, and serving. And when I became a Christian way back when, when I was in junior high, um, my youth leader, I said, well, like, what do I do now? And he gave me a Bible, and he wrote in it, and he told me just to read it. And so I did that, and it was, like, totally new to me because I was a kid that wasn't brought to Sunday school, and I didn't grow up in that. And I remember reading the Gospels, and I'm like, Gary, it's like it's just the same thing repeating itself. Like, it, I'm pretty sure, like, Matthew, and then now it's Mark and Luke, and it's like the same stories. I don't really get it. And so he taught me quite a bit and answered my questions during that time. But he said, Donna, it's like a tree. He said, you're like a tree. He goes, you need, in order to thrive and to really grow and to um, not to survive but really thrive, you need to be able to have water and sunshine and good nutrients in your soil. And sometimes even it takes another outside source to come in. And like right now we have this big, huge pine tree. And I mean, like really big. And it's probably 100 years old. And it's just got all these beetles on it. And the beetles were sort of taking over and causing damage to the tree. So Glenn had to come in and spray it and get rid of the bugs so we could protect the tree. And he just described that tree to me. And I've always had that in my mind. Like, yeah, that's what we need. We are like a tree. And that's what these spiritual rhythms are about. Um, <clears throat> the spiritual rhythms, they lead us further into a life of transformation. So when we become a Christian and we get to know Christ, then he's at work in us because he's transforming us and he's creating us more and more into his likeness. And that's through the heart. Like he gives us the heart that he has and what that does. And so 
when you think of spiritual disciplines, it just sounds like disciplines. It's really just to to give us freedom, to give us spiritual freedom, to give us um, freedom in every area of our life. And I know this is nothing new; it's super basic. Um, today, the title of my teaching that I'll be sharing on is called "The Invitation of Solitude and Silence." And again, I just hope it really brings you a fresh perspective on this subject. So, solitude and silence, and entering into that is really, I'm going to repeat myself several times, really just creating a space and a place and a time. I have to carve it out. Sometimes it doesn't happen always, but more and more I'm becoming more aware and alert, and all of a sudden I'll just see the opportunity of like, wow, I'm going to enter into this right now. It's a moment. And um, for me and for most people, it's really just removing a lot of distractions, like turning off your cell phones and devices and your screens, um, and just being quiet to listen. The best way to hear is really to listen, right? <laughs> and to have no noise. So um, I just wanted to say, though, that the word solitude, oops, sorry, that's going to happen a couple of times. The word solitude, when I think of that word, it's not like a word we use all the time in our language. I mean, how many of you ever said solitude? I don't know. We just don't use it. Maybe in a context like this, but that's pretty rare. And when when we think of the word solitude, sometimes that just conjures up kind of like a negative response. So I don't know. Just raise your hand if when you hear the word solitude, it, ra- it kind of just conjures up maybe like a negative response in your heart. If it doesn't, that's great. If it does a positive one, raise your hand. And um, both are great. For me, when I first hear and read the word solitude, I'm just thinking of solitary confinement. (laughs) I'm thinking of punishment. Like, as a kid, I spent a lot of time in solitary confinement. Like, I was sent to my room for some things that were just totally unfair. It wasn't even my fault. But it was like, get away, get away from me, go in your room, be alone, close the door, don't come out until I tell you. So when I think of like solitude, sometimes that's, First thing that I have to struggle with is this negative response. And um, I've just like, and also just really being bored, you know, in there. So I just wanted to share that. In 2014, a uh, psychologist, his name was Timothy Wilson at the University of Virginia. He was among several that were doing researches and series of studies on people being alone and spending about 15 minutes um, totally alone in a room. And the participants were between the ages of like 18 and 77. And the results were generally people did not enjoy even spending these brief periods of time alone with nothing but their own thoughts. And like nothing, no cell phones, okay, just totally in an unadorned room by themselves. That just wasn't a very pleasant experience. And so, after this session and after uh, being alone, then they had some other participants, and they said, hey, you can do this um, activity in your home. And they found out that, like, over half of them totally cheated. Like, they had their cell phones, they were, you know, just not being in a total solitude of silence. And then another group, they said, okay, so instead of just doing nothing, you can listen to music. You could have a pad of paper in this room and pencil or a pen, and you could just draw, do whatever, but you're just not doing nothing. You're doing something. And that actually was more enjoyable. 
and then now if we could show the first slide. Okay. So um, the shocking truth was this, and I'm going to read this. So you don't have to read it. I put it all up there because I just you could follow me. But the researchers took the studies further because most people, after having something to do rather than just thinking, they then were asked, would you rather do an unpleasant activity than to do no activity at all? And the results show that many would. Participants were given the same circumstances as most of the previous studies and with the added option of also administering a mild electric shock to themselves by pressing a button. Twelve of the 18 men in the study gave themselves at least one electric shock, and actually um, it said that many of them did it like 20, 50 times. And then it said by comparison, six of 24 females shocked themselves. So all of the participants had received a sample of what the shock felt like, and they reported that they would pay to avoid ever being shocked again. It was so unpleasant. But what is striking, and the title of this, like what was shocking, the investigators write, is that simply being alone with their own thoughts for 15 minutes was apparently so aversive that it drove many of these participants to self-administer an electric shock that they had earlier said that they would pay to avoid having so you can uh, turn that off, that slide now off. All right. But the truth for us is that the powerful truth is that we're never, ever alone. Even when we're alone in a room, even when we're like stuck alone and our phones aren't working, whatever, I mean, we are just never alone. We're always with God. We may feel alone, but we're just not. So the good news even is when Christ was born, the angel said to Mary, his name will be Emmanuel. That means like God is with us. God's with you. He's not abandoned you. He's not forsaken you. And during that time, they had felt that. The people of Israel really were struggling. But he said, the good news is he's with you. And in fact, Psalms 139 says, where can I go from the Spirit? Where can I flee from God's presence? If I go up to the heavens, he's there. If I go into the depths, he's there. Light, dark, I mean, he is there. We can never not get outside of God's eyes looking on us and his presence. So that's the good news, that we could go into we could go into a study like this and we could be like, I'm not really alone. I'm going to take this opportunity, seize the opportunity to be with God. The spiritual rhythm of solitude, being alone, is an invitation. It's an invitation from a loving God to come away for a short while to be with Him in His presence and to enter into just a new and fresh awareness of God's love. And this awareness is really a gift. I want to say, like, we have two dogs, and so Glenn and I will be sitting on the sofa, and we have a really big, like, um, sectional sofa. It's probably, like, 10 feet from one side all the way to the other. And, like, our dogs will be, like, on the other side. And so we'll be sitting there. We're like, hey, uh uh-uh, come here. Come, come. And they're, like, looking at us. We're like, come be with us. Come over here. It's good to be with us. We'll give you belly rub. We have, you know. And they're like, then we open up the drawer. As soon as they open the drawer, they're, you know, they're Frenchies. Their big ears go up. And then they hear there's a treat inside. So we have to, like, like literally, like, get the treat jar and say, treat. And they just, like, bolt. And they're coming over there on our lap. They're with us. And then they'll settle in. And we give them a treat. But that's, like, it's like, hey, wait a minute. That's why we have you dogs, you know, it's, you need to come cuddle us right now. And 
That's like, that's why you're here. That's why we have you. And that's kind of like God saying, hey, you're my kids. I love you. Come, 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 come be over here with me. Come, come be really close. Come touch me. And that is what the invitation is. When I share with you about just entering into a time of just solitude and silence with the Lord, that's what came to my mind. And just as we know, life is so hectic and there's so many times when there's great seasons, but there's other times they're just really intense and just really not so great. And, um, and just times of uncertainty. And truly, it just, we're all recovering from, you know, the pandemic and the isolation and quarantine when we couldn't be together. We couldn't gather together to worship. We couldn't have birthday parties. We couldn't, you know, um, weddings and funerals. And we couldn't even go visit Glenn's mom and her um, senior sister living. I mean, she was literally banished to her room. And even when I say it, like even when I bring this up, like we're recovering from COVID, like right away, I'm just kind of like, I don't even want to bring it up. It's like, let's just get over it. Like, I don't even want to talk about it anymore. I don't want to think about it anymore. It's like, I just want to like go on. But the truth is we really are in a stage, I believe, of just recovery and recovering from that time. And isolation of just not being together had many consequences emotionally, spiritually on us. And God, um, it got many of us, me included, off track. And whenever you feel off track or you just kind of feel stuck or you don't feel like you're connecting, the best thing to do is just to set some time aside and have a time with God and solitude and silence. I just believe God's calling us back to this time of just being in spiritual rhythms to reconnect I believe he's reaching out to us to reconnect with him, to be, be closer and con- to, uh, connect with each other as well, and really to connect with ourself. I'm finding that. I'm just really reconnecting with self and who I am and who I'm about. So there's a wonderful app that really helped me during that time, and we could put up the next slide. And maybe some of you have this already, and it's just called Lectio 365. Like today's um, little devotion was just five minutes long. Um, and there's a time like uh, um, in this little devotional time that we enter that he helps you enter into just a time of pausing and resting and a time of rejoicing and reflecting and asking God and yielding to him. And it just really helped me to enter into this time of solitude and a quiet time and it's totally free. So the next app, and this is the beginning of every single time. And this is something I like to do in the morning. You can do it morning, evening. But for me, it's just something I don't, I'm not saying I do it every single day. I do it most mornings. I wake up early first. So I make coffee, go to this little corner of the couch with my blanket and my dog. And I just turn on this app. It helps me because it teaches me. It guides me. It takes me step to step. And I just really, really enjoy it every single time. But in the beginning, this is what they always say. And it says, as I enter prayer now, I pause to be still to breathe slowly, to recenter my scattered senses upon the presence of God. Then there's a pause, and then they pray the same thing. God, thank you for the many ways that you make yourself known. As I draw close to you and call you by name today, would you reveal more of your nature to me? Blessed be your name. We can just keep that up there for a minute. So I want to share with you an experience I had. So there was this time, it was actually June, I was looking at my phone, like, when was the date of this? It was June 2021. 
and I was really struggling, and I was praying to God to help me, to help me just to be grateful. I was just feeling really guilty, like I should be more grateful. I have so much to be grateful about, I should, and I should be, and I ought to, and I was just like all this like really hard on myself, and I just did not feel very connected with God, but then I was like furtherly not feeling connected with people and anybody else even. And it was really, it was a time, it was hard for me. And I just really wanted to know joy. Like, I wasn't feeling it. I can't say I was, like, super depressed, but I just wasn't feeling, I was kind of numb and sort of detached. Like, I just wasn't feeling it. And so, I prayed. And I prayed that, that prayer. God, I want to, would you just show me, reveal yourself to me? Would you just show me joy? And I was praying, like, show me. I don't want to feel, I want to, like, Show it to me. I want to see it. I want to touch it. I want to know. I want to eat it. I like. I want it. Like I want joy. I want to like. I don't want to like feel it and then it just dissipates. I want to like hold on to it and grasp it and just be with it. Like I couldn't. I just couldn't get it. Like my grandkids would come over and they're jumping up and down. My grandkids. Oh my gosh, I'm so adored. I have six of them and they love me. And I mean, they are like, you know, my one that's in the other room here. She calls me Donna. So not Grandma because I'm Donna. Very special name just for her. She's always done it, and she just wants to be with me. She just, the love I get and the joy. But then she leaves, and I was like, God, like, I feel guilty. Like, why can't I still feel the joy? I mean, I know I'm so loved, but I just was in a funk. I'll just say that, okay? So, Glenn and I decided that we were going to go kayaking. It just is like 10, 15 minutes from our house to launch our kayaks. And we went to the Tualatin River, and we went in the morning, we went midweek, so it was just kind of quiet there. It was quiet. And I was kayaking behind Glenn, and I was prayerfully and intentionally trying to be attentive, like trying to be more aware and trying to be more like just, I wanted to feel just peace and love of God, and I wanted to see joy. And I kept praying that like several times, Lord, show me your joy, show me your joy. And I mean, how, I mean, like when you're in nature and you're in God's beauty, I mean, anybody, I'm sure, it's just not hard to feel God's presence. I mean, He's there. It's just, it, you know, so beautiful. And so if you ever do feel stuck or, you know, like I was, it's just go in nature. It's like the cure. And so, um, so I was praying this. Um, and so, um, Lord, I want to see joy today your joy. And then I was like, show me your joy. That's kind of like what my prayer went to. Open my eyes to see it, to know it. So I prayed that so many times and imagined what joy would look like. I'm like, okay, what's it going to look like? If I'm going to see it, I know I'm going to see it. He's going to show it to me. So I was kind of picturing like children jumping up and down laughing, like whatever I was picturing was really kind of loud. I don't know. It was not like a quiet thing, but then he showed me something totally different. And um, so as we kayaked to where we wanted to go, and then we were, you know, we we're turning around now, coming back. And so Glenn was, it was about two miles back, and Glenn was like way ahead of me, which is fine. We'd always kayak like right by each other. And I was back quite a ways. And I just felt like suddenly, hey, I just want to stop right now. I don't know. You know, when you're kayaking and you stop and you pause, you know, you, your boat kind of drifts a little bit and it starts coasting. And for me, like, so I'm kayaking back. And I drifted, the boat kind of drifted to kind of looking this way over on the bank. And um, and then we can go to the next slide. Do not push start yet. <laughs> this little video is about 
90 minutes, seconds, 90 minutes, 90 seconds long. And, sorry about that. 90 seconds. And um, I'm going to have her put it on just a second. But before, I would like to pray this prayer of approach again. And I would like to ask if you would just enter in with me for 90 seconds and just to experience and to see what God showed me. And it was so special to me. God, thank you for the many ways that you make yourself known. As I draw close to you and call you by name today, would you reveal more of your nature to me? Blessed be your holy name. Go ahead and start it. Isn't that beautiful? Probably make me cry. It was so special. You could see just how close I was to the steer. And I would have missed it if I had been noisy. It would have frightened it. And um, if I had been distracted or eager to get back to the destination, and also like maybe self-pity of feeling sorry for myself, I went all this way. Now I'm turning around to go back, and God has not shown me joy. You know, but I just kept staying in this like awareness. And, and what a gift. It was just like this gift to me. And I have to say that it's hard to describe the joy that I felt. It was this quiet, serene, peaceful joy that just like permeated my inner boast being. It was so special. I felt so loved. And it was just so custom tailored to me, exactly me. This is what I wanted and needed. And when I was saying, Jesus, share your joy with me, he's like, he was so excited to share it with me, and I felt so close to him. And that's why I wanted to share, like, it's an invitation. God is calling us. He wants to reveal more and more of himself to us in really, like, creative, special ways that are so special. I have to say that at that moment, I just felt like, um, like all my senses were, like, supercharged. Like, 
I, I could smell and see and hear. It was just like I could practically touch. I was just like everything. It's like I just and then I was like later going. I what? I just felt like this hope. Like it just brought this hope. And someone goes, "So what does that hope look like?" And I go, "You know what? It's just like seeing in color. That's what it's like. It's like hope is just like seeing in color. Like I felt alive. Like his breath was breathing into me, and just." making me feel more alive. And I got out of that funk, whatever it was, that was gone. It's still been gone. But I just had to share that with me because it was so special. And it just is one example of um, a wonderful invitation that God has for us that he's inviting us into of solitude and being away. I wouldn't have seen if I was at home, right? And he really wants us to both experience and encounter his love of the living God in ways yet to be known to be revealed to you. So now I want to show the next slide. These are my dogs, Rico and Darcy. And we were at the beach, at Cannon Beach. And we were excited to see the sunset. We knew it was going to be kind of clearer. Like, and so uh, Rico's on the left. He's the boy, Rico Suave. And then Darcy's on the right. And then she's saying to him, oh, Rico, this is going to be a lovely Sunset, let's pause and be quiet, sit here and watch it together. And what's really cool about moments of solitude, like you don't have to be alone. There's no rule to say you have to be alone. Like you could be with somebody else and enjoy this moment of solitude. And you could be with your pets, right? They don't talk. But for me, it was really just being conscious and aware of, I want to be silent. Glenn, don't talk to me right now. I want to just experience this with God. And I just want to behold him. I just have to see this in solitude. And, you know, if you've ever seen a beautiful sunset, most often that's kind of like what happens. You don't, don't want to talk a whole bunch through it. Then we could go to the next one. Look at them. They're like literally watching the sunset. It was so adorable. And I got it on my camera. Silence, awe, and wonder. It's hard to see the sunset behind it. And then um, the Bible says that uh, the creatures sing. They worship and praise God. So go to the next one. This is Psalm 148. This is what I imagine my dogs were thinking. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, you highest heavens and waters above the skies. Let them praise the name of the Lord for his, for at his command they were created. So creation and us who are created worships him. And he established this forever and ever. He issued a decree that will never pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all the ocean depths. And it's just saying that the sea creatures praise him. My doggies praise him. Thank you. Let me share that with you. There we go. Let me get this one. So it's really helpful to get away, to go away. I think the times when we're most busiest, like Jesus often went away, so we could go to the next slide. In Mark 6, he says, um, I'll read it here. Then because so many people were coming and going, they did not even have a chance to eat. And Jesus said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. I'm not sure if that's the same scripture, especially during those times, right? And then um, the next one, the next one is Luke. 
oh, there's a couple, Mark 135, that just says that um, very early in the morning, which seems to be a great time, not a whole lot's going on, right? The morning, um, well, it was still dark. Jesus got up, he left the house, and he went off to a solitary place to pray. And then it says, yet the news about him spread all the more, so the crowds and people came to hear him, and he healed them of their sicknesses. But Jesus often went away to lonely places to pray. He went away where nobody needed him, and I wonder if that was because he needed God. He needed his Heavenly Father. So um, Jesus practiced this. He did this, and I think it's just a good example for us that sometimes whatever it takes, it doesn't have to always look exactly the way it did for me, but just to spend times to be away with him. And that can be in the living room or somewhere else. It can be physically going away. Sometimes we just need to be alone, to clear our minds and to reflect, to turn off the noise and the devices. Um, I've even gotten in my car and I drove to a nearby park and it was raining. I just stayed in my car. I just had to get in and go away. <laughs> That's what I had to do. And just to get replenished and kind of recharge and reset and just to be alone with my thoughts. Um, and during these times that God just really gives me one of the gifts and the benefits is he just rewards me, just gives me a clear perspective of the kingdom, of the kingdom of God and his love for me. And he just gives me an increased awareness to be able to hear and to listen. Um, so I want to say, why can this, why is this so challenging? It can be. To be quiet before God, to be silent can be. Um, Psalm 46.10 says, be still and know that I'm God. And it's not always easy to sit still, to be still, but I'm not even really sure it's saying, be like, sit still and know that I'm God. He's just saying, be still, like, be quiet. Um, enter into this place. And sometimes entering into this place um, is entering, you know, is obviously being still. Um, it helps me. But I also like to move. I like walking. Sometimes when I'm walking, I'm not being still, but it's a way for me to be able to just uh, be still in my mind and to be quiet in my mind. The truth is that there's warfare that opposes anything that would ever cause you to know God better. So be still and know that I'm God. To When you try to do anything that would help you to know God better, there's just warfare that comes against it because the enemy absolutely hates it, and he does not want you to know how much God loves you. Um, so there's a author. Her name's Ruth Haley Barton. I know Glenn's brought up before. Some of you may or may not have read her books. She's an author and the founder and the CEO of um, the Transforming Center, a ministry dedicated to strengthening the souls of pastors and leaders and Christians. And she wrote many books, and I recommend them all. But she actually wrote one that is how I got my title, The Invitation of Solitude and Silence. Thus the title. Um, she says that placing oneself in a space of solitude and silence can be very challenging, both spiritually and emotionally, because it requires putting away the devices and screens and all the noise and notifications that keep our minds preoccupied, and it also requires courage courage to be vulnerable and just to place ourselves before God. Um, what often happens is when you first quiet yourself, asking God to help you to pause and to remove the distractions, guess what happens? As many of you know, maybe like what I'm talking about, but your soul doesn't 
into rest at all. At first, maybe, you know, you're trying. You're trying, but your soul just will not enter in. Because becoming engaged and present to self, one must become quite aware of the internal chaos that's going on if that's happening with you. Um, the feelings, maybe a frustration all of a sudden come up, or grief, or pain in your body, or pain, emotional pain, resentment, disappointment, guilt, shame. The list goes on and on, and it's just not so pleasant. So even all the to-dos I have to do and all the shoulds that i got to get done. And she describes it as this. I thought it was a really good example. She says, it's like when you, okay, so you're entering into this time, and you're not, your soul is like, ah, you're just not entering into this quiet place. She says it's like scooping up a jar of river water, and when you first look at it, it's just like really cloudy. But as time, and if you wait, the sediment will settle, and then the water will be clear. So she says expect it. So when you enter into this time, if you said, oh, tomorrow morning, I'm just going to have much time with God, and all of a sudden all this stuff comes up, just expect it. Oh, yeah, that's going to happen. That's going to come. And then you just tolerate it. You feel what you got to feel. You think what you got to think, and you just let it settle, and you give it to God. And you just have to, like, be receptive to say, okay, God, you know what's really going on here. I'm so busy all the time. Go, go, go. I don't want to think about it. But then when I calm, all of a sudden I'm really, this whatever's really going on is happening. And God will, the Holy Spirit actually will bring that up. And we just give it to God. We let it go. And whatever, sometimes it'll show me something I'm holding on to. I just need to let go or just name it, write it down if I have a lot of stuff. Um, let's go to the next slide. This is Lamentations, and I'm going to read uh, Lamentations 3 and Psalm 62. Because the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. There's that rhythm, the predictable rhythm, new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, and I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Then Psalm 62 that's the next one. It says, yes, my soul finds rest in God. My hope comes from him. Truly, he is the rock and my salvation. He's my fortress. I will not be shaken. And that salvation is really just what he saves us from, like whatever stuff that you have, even emotional stuff. He, will, he saves us from that. He wants to bring freedom to us. And so it's, um, I also want to read Isaiah 30. We'll go on here. So the next slide, you got it? Okay, yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you. Therefore, he will rise up and he will show you compassion. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are those who wait for him. How gracious he will, how gracious he will be when you cry for help. As soon as he hears it, he will answer you. I just love that, that he's just so ready and willing to come to us. I want to say that one of the gifts and the rewards that really comes through having a intentionally um, desiring to deepen your relationship with the Lord, deepen your walk with God, your faith with God. Psalm is just a confidence that you have of who you are and whose you are. And song of songs and two sixteen it says, "My beloved is mine, and I am His. Whose we are, not just who we are." And when you told, like, so when you enter into this time, what happens to me, what happens is really cool. I'm entering into this time. Lord, I'm my beloved, you are mine. I'm entering into this. And I'm trying to gaze on him and behold him and look at him. And all of a sudden, I'm seeing 
how he is looking back at me. That love, like in the first, one of the first songs they sang, it just undoes you. Uh, when you have that revelation and that experience, the Holy Spirit clicks, and all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute. I have all my imperfections. I have all these mistakes or failures. And yet he's looking back at me like that. He loves me that much. And you just feel it and know it. And that gives you so much confidence and to know like how great God's love is for us and how much he loves us. It just surpasses everything. All the lies, the beliefs, whatever you have, they just, in time, they just dissipate, go away. It causes us to want to surrender and to trust him more in that love, that we're enough, that you are loved with all our weaknesses and failures. I wanted to say that sometimes when we enter in, I'm going to make this really short, but I feel like I just need to share this. So one time I was just entering into this time, and this might happen to you guys too. I'm going into this time of prayer. I think of this person. Why am I thinking of this person? I don't ever think about this person. This person's our friend. He's in Southern California. Why am I thinking of him? And then totally thinking about the Johnny Cash song. And I'm like, what? Yeah, walk the line. And I wrote down some of the words to that, but it was just like, it just was so clear. I kept thinking of the, this word. And I'm like, I don't know, is this like for him? And it's just, I don't have it right here, but it just is like, I, I'm, yeah, I'm going to walk the line. I'm going to be true and um, walk the line. So anyway, the whole, all the verses of that came to me. So then I'm like, okay, I'll just text this person. I was just entering into prayer today. I don't know, I was just thinking of you. You came to my mind. I felt like God wants me to say this Johnny Cash song, like, you know, I had to like kind of take the risk to do that. He immediately calls me crying. He's like, I have been walking on the beach for hours and hours. I've been singing that song. He goes, I've really been far away from God. I've be, I've fallen back into some sin. And I've just been singing this song to God. And why would God over here tell me to call him to tell him that? Because God's like, I love that person so much. I love him, and I want him to make sure that he knows how much I love him, and I, this is me. I'm with him. What a blessing that is. It's a blessing for me. It was totally a blessing for him. Um, I want to end with John 14, 6, and it was just like, this doesn't really fit in, but maybe it does fit in, but it's really coming strong to me as I was preparing, and it just when Jesus says that I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. This is the way. To the Heavenly Father. I'm the way. So if you're going, I'm stuck. I don't know how to get there. It's like, okay, Jesus says, I'm the way. Just come to me. And then he says, I'm the truth. I want to show you more. The Holy Spirit's job is to reveal more and more truth to us. So he's not done. Like each individual, like a custom tailor made for you. He just wants to reveal more and more truth of his love specifically for you and his heart for you and what he's doing, what he's about. Maybe he wants to share some of his joy with you. So this is such a key. And then the life. He, he goes, I'm the life. And I'm like, I've been really been thinking on that for like weeks now. Like, I'm the life. Like, I know you're eternal life, but like, and I feel like he's showing me that he's like, I'm life. I'm abundant life. I'm like that life, like when you felt alive after you had that beautiful experience and you just felt so alive. I want to give you that kind of life abundantly, like that you really can live and thrive in that joyful life, freedom from all the strongholds, of everything in this world. That is what God wants. And I just felt like I wanted to share that. And I know we're at our time. So um, if we could just do a... Um,
I would just like to pray for you guys and we can end here. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to sow into what God is doing through Cascade Vineyard, we always welcome your prayers for our church body, our communities, and our leadership. If you'd like to contribute financially, please visit cascadevineyard.org slash give.